Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. Today, we have a very special episode of Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. Nassim reached out to us. She's a listener to the podcast, and she wanted to let us know that she appreciates what we're doing and getting information out about adoption. So we thought it would be nice to share her story on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. So, Ron, you have some questions for her. So why don't you go ahead and get started? Well, I think first we should just kind of get your story. Your name is Nassim, and uh, thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. Tell us about your adoption journey. So I was in a relationship for six years, an on-again, off-again relationship. Well, I I told him I was not on the birth control pill anymore, right? So he knew there was a chance of pregnancy, but we didn't think it would happen because I never had a pregnancy scare even. Well, I got pregnant. August 5th, I found out I was pregnant. August 5th, 2018, uh, just five days before my birthday. Uh, It was going to be my 35th birthday. And so anyway, my, our daughter was born early. She was born at 28 weeks because I had preeclampsia. And um, she was in the NICU for four and a half months. And during this time, I realized my the birth father was not providing like he was supposed to. And I was very concerned because, well, kids need stuff. You know, they need a lot of stuff. And he wasn't buying anything. Mm-hmm. And I was stressed because I felt like I was already a single mom. I was going to the NICU every day for four and a half months to see my daughter as she grew and everything. And and then to, I'm trying to make this as short as possible. So what <laughs> happened in the end is I started thinking about adoption possibly when I was pregnant with, her name is Caroline. And I didn't really want to do that. Every time I thought about it, I would break down and cry because I always wanted to be a mom. And so this was not something that was ideal for me. And I knew it. I knew in my heart that I wanted to raise my daughter, but I wanted her to have stability of having a father and a mother who were fully invested, not just partially, and to have what she needed. And I didn't feel like that was happening at this point. So anyway, I brought her home from the NICU to my house. And I live at my parents' rental property for free because I make so little on disability. I have rheumatoid arthritis, I have autism, and 
I know that realistically, I could not raise a child by myself. Well, we were talking about getting married. We were engaged this whole time on and off. And all of a sudden, when I brought her home from the NICU, he's, he says he can't be with me because this is a long story. But basically, CPS got involved because I wanted to get a crib for free since I knew he wouldn't pay for anything. So they started doing an investigation and I spoke about his anger, some concerns I had about his anger. Now, everything changes once you become a mom. It's not about you anymore. It's not, or a parent in general. It's not about you. It's about the child. It's about protecting the child, providing for the child, giving the child everything they need, physically, emotionally, everything. And I wanted to give her I would go starving before she did. Let's just put it that way. I would go above and beyond, but it had to be both of us. And there I was, he was talking about breaking up. Oh, and then I found out I was pregnant again. Two weeks after I borrowed him from the NICU, I found out I was pregnant again. And I'm just, this is right after he told me it's not going to work out. And I was scared to death because that meant I would be alone with her 24 seven with very little help because I'm not going to expect other people to do my job or to do his job. That's not fair. And it wasn't fair to her to not have a father who really wanted to fully be there. So next thing I notice, he starts coming over with his then girlfriend who I did not like. I did not trust her. My motherly intuition told me she was not ideal. And I told him from the beginning when I was pregnant with Caroline, that I did not want her involved in Caroline's life. Well, all of a sudden, he moved in with her, by the way. He moved into an apartment at first close to my house to be close to me and Caroline. Well, then he realized he couldn't, well, according to him, he realized he couldn't afford it and that he wanted to pay child support, supposedly. This is what he told me. And so he moved in with her about 30 minutes from my house. So he moved from 10 minutes to about 30, 30, 35 minutes away. Next thing I know, she's coming over even though I don't want her to. I'm alone with Caroline all the time. And it was just a disaster. And I, I was stressed to the max, plus I was pregnant again. So at first I thought about giving the new baby up for adoption, which was another girl. And I had a feeling it was another girl before I, it was confirmed. Mm-hmm. And then I thought over and I was like, is that fair to them to be apart, to only see each other maybe once a year? Is that really fair to my daughters and for Caroline to be in the struggle between me and her father? Because he didn't want to pay child support. He started fighting me in court. Next thing I know, I'm going to and from court. And whenever I was in court, I couldn't be with my, my daughter couldn't be with me. So I had to have somebody watch her. And it was just so stressful. And I didn't think it was fair to her. I really didn't think it was fair. Seeing what was just happening, unwinding right before me. And I, if I was selfish, I would have kept her. And I would have probably tried to keep the other girl as well, which her name is Riley. They named her Riley. I named her Jeanette after my deceased grandmother on my mom's side. So yeah, it was just a struggle. I was with her 24 seven by myself pregnant, getting bigger as the months proceeded. And I just, I couldn't do it. I mean, I, I tried the best I could. And um, I mean, like I said, I would have been able to do if I really had to, a mother will do whatever. It's amazing what motherhood does to you. It changes your whole brain. 
It just changes you. I'm like a completely different person than I was two years ago. It's just, I can't even explain it. So I thought over and I was like, okay, adoption for both girls. But I had to get him on board because he had rights to Caroline. Now that was the hard part. He decided he wanted to raise her. He wanted to get primary custody of her and raise her with that woman I was speaking of that became his girlfriend, who was in the picture before all this as his friend. And yeah, it just was a huge disaster. But I sat down, talked to him. I said, you really think that this woman that's been using you all these years, it's a long story, but she's been using him for all kinds of different things. I said, do you really think that she's going to help you raise Caroline. I said, in the end, it's our responsibility to take care of her, not your girlfriends, not your sisters. It's our responsibility. And if for some reason we're not able to do that, the authorities will come to us and say, well, what's going on here? Why aren't you taking care of her like you're supposed to? Because that's what happened. CPS gets involved. Now, CPS had finished their investigation on us. They figured we were good. So that was not any concern of mine. What was a concern was, could I keep Caroline away from her sister if my ex fought me for a primary custody of Caroline? And I just, I've always wanted a sister. I have two brothers. I'm a middle child, but I don't have a sister. And I always wanted a sister. They were literally just going to be one year and one month apart. But I ended up having her early. She was due February 18th. I had her February 11th. And I actually scheduled a C-section so the adoptive parents could be there. And so her mother, her adoptive mother was there with me when I gave birth. Well, when, you know, C-section, I don't know if you call it give birth or whatever, but the C-section was done. She was right there beside me and she was able to see her and hold her. And so we were taking turns holding her, taking pictures, but it was it was just a whole different whole situation where I finally got him involved. So he was actually there part of the time. The adoptive, the adoptive father, birth father was also there somewhat. So I try to make sure everybody was involved. And I wanted the girls to always know that I'm not going anywhere. I did not abandon them. I, I love them with all my heart. I think about them 24 um, seven. They're in Connecticut. I'm in Texas. It's really, really, really hard to be a birth mother. It's the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Literally the hardest thing. Now, and I, I cry constantly. I miss them constantly. It's no joke. Now you had some issues with your adoption journey. Am I correct? You weren't as happy with it as you thought you would be? Yes. Yes. What was that all about? Now, the thing that you have to accept when you become, when you go from being a mother, you know, you have the baby with you, to being a birth mother is it's not completely in your control anymore. They have the parental rights. You have no control over how often you talk to them or anything along those lines. Do you have a post-adoption communication agreement? Yes, I do. Okay. But it, it was not mentioned to me before. Like it was mentioned that it existed, but the terms of the contract were not mentioned to me until during the adoption. We were sitting there signing away our rights. Then she handed me the contract. Well, what about in, instead of, I'm just, and I'm, and I'm trying, the reason I'm asking this is because I'm thinking for, for birth moms that are listening to you, what maybe they can do so they don't have the same feelings and um, aren't going through what you're going through right now. Mm -hmm. 
if you had said, hey, could we open this up a little bit more? Could, could we have more communication? Do you feel like that would have jeopardized the adoptive family wanting to adopt your babies? Possibly. Because one thing I've noticed is I reached out to them and, through email and gave them my phone number. And they haven't contacted me through my phone. They haven't emailed me. They've only emailed me. They haven't not called me. They have not texted me. So that was another concern. I found them and I fell in love with them, to be honest with you. They're really great people. They're amazing. And I was like, these people are the only people I really, truly feel like can raise my daughters the way I want them to be raised. Like I would raise them if they were with me. Mm -hmm. So I was put in a really bad position, I feel like, because it wasn't clear. None of that information was given to me, except that I would see them about once a year. That's it. But about communication, the updates, the pictures. Is that there, was not with our agency, good. we use a portal called Child Connect yes. where you can, a birth mother can log on and send a message through it. And then the adoptive family can log on and you can Skype through it. And you can, you can like send pictures and all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's a way that you can not disclose personal information, but yet you can always log on and see if they've left anything or sent a picture or whatever. And that way it can also help the agency track to make sure that everyone is fulfilling their end of the agreement. Do you have anything like that? No, we don't. We have email. That's it. Yeah. My, my whole idea is why I'm here talking to you and I'm trying to reach out to other people, other birth moms or people who are considering adoption is to have a clear plan, to have a a good idea of what to expect. Because if you don't, you're dealing with the hormones, you're dealing with your longing to be with your babies. You, You have that sense of, I want them. I want them with me. They need to be with me. And you're fighting that constantly. And it hurts. It hurts to deal with that. Okay. So let's, let's go back just a little bit. And Ron, you can jump in. I'm not trying to monopolize this. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, you're good. Okay. So let, let's go step over step. Do you regret your adoption choice? Let's not talk about the, you know, not seeing the babies as often as you want to, but yes. your actual choice to place them for adoption. Is that a regret? Sometimes. What changed to make you believe that it was a choice that you wish you hadn't made? What changed is, okay, there's a difference between thinking about something and actually being in that moment. When you think about something, it may hurt a little bit. Thinking about losing your children, not, well, not necessarily losing them, but not having the ability to really raise them. That thought kind of hurts. But when you're actually in the moment, you're signing those papers and you're watching somebody walk away with your children, then it's reality. And that's what hurt the most. The reality of it all. They're now miles away from me. Okay. So what was the primary number one reason you chose adoption? For my daughters. I wanted them to be together. I wanted them to have stability. There's no stability in my life. There's none. And... Okay, so my, that hasn't changed. No, unfortunately, no. Okay. So I don't have a job. Okay, so I, if the circumstances that you chose adoption yes. haven't changed, no, then you, it sounds like you still made the right choice for your yes. girls. It's just you that needs the aftercare help. And it sounds like you really wanted a different type of adoption. Yes. Then you signed up for. 
Exactly. And adoption is a beautiful thing. That's one thing I want to put out there too. It's a beautiful thing because these people that couldn't have kids of their own, they now have kids. They have beautiful kids, beautiful, healthy kids. And now I have an addition to my family too, because me and the adoptive parents, we're like a little family now. You know, we contact each other as often as we can and everything. This is not their fault. This is nothing wrong with adoption. It's the way it was, well, the way it worked out. So in situations like this, what I, I strongly encourage is, is two things. I would first reach out to the agency that you worked with. And I would ask to speak to the worker if, you know, she's still there at the agency, if not, then her supervisor and explain that you really want um, more communication with the adoptive family. I would write a letter, not necessarily an email, but I would write a Mm -hmm. letter explaining your motive because sometimes adoptive families get very nervous when a birth mother says, okay, this is the communication I want. And then she comes back and she wants more and they're afraid, oh no, is she going to try to contest the adoption? Is she going to try to, you know, climb in through a window? Like all these fears go through their head. So if you break it out and you say, you know, my motive is this, I'm really struggling with the lack of communication. When Mm -hmm. I had began my adoption journey, I had really hoped for more of an open adoption and it looked like this to me and then explain what you, what you were thinking and say, is there any possible way that you would consider us opening up the adoption communication more mm-hmm. and, you know, reaching a compromise with me on, you know, what this would look like going forward. And I would also state in that email that, you know, you're not looking to take their place. You're not looking to cause a disruption in their life. You're not looking to, um, take over their parenting role. You just want to be more involved. I would actually ask your agency to represent you on, you know, on your behalf so that they can go back and talk with the family. The adoptive parents were so understanding. They were so sweet. They stayed with me for a while, even after I had signed my forms. They sat down and with the girls, let me hold Riley, let me see Caroline and hold her and, and know that, they were there. They were fully fine. They were fine with staying there as long as they needed to. And I stopped talking to the caseworker actually, because I just got so angry and I can't help how I feel. It's just these feelings I didn't ever expect, you know? And, and, and I get that you're not wanting to speak with the caseworker and maybe then just go to her supervisor, but they have an obligation to you to see you through this. In other words, just because you, you signed uh, the consent documentation and placed your, your babies for adoption, that doesn't really mean that it's, that they have, they have a moral obligation to say, okay, if you're struggling with this, you know, here, we can help provide counseling. We can reach out to the family and see if we can open this up more. Um, you know, and this is, you know, the fact that your last child was born in February, this is really new and really raw. And so you're still in the real grieving stage and that's not to discount anything going on at all. Uh, But I I think that you, you have a situation that may really be workable. And in other words, I think you still may be able to obtain what your goal is. That's where I'm trying to help you. But I think you're going to be more successful if the adoption agency is the one to reach out and ask for that. But you are still so early on in the, you know, in placing the babies that 
you, you even haven't settled into a groove with the adoptive family yet. Meaning you guys, you know, when, when two people first get married, they have to learn, I call it like the marriage dance. They have to, to learn how each other works and yes. to, you know, when you say something to kind of know what the response is going to be. And mm-hmm. you and the adoptive family are probably still trying to figure each other out in that aspect. You know, Definitely. are you going to be one of those, you know, birth mothers that adoptive parents are, are afraid that are going to try and take over? Are you going to be overwhelming? Are you going to bombard them? Or are you just going to be, you know, the birth mom that will just soak up everything that they send and you're not going to, you know, be any sort of an inconvenience or anything else. So they're trying to figure everything out. But I think that if you really want more communication i'm not so sure that you can't get it so i think that there is a middle ground that maybe you can find peace in that you can really you know look back because you placed your children for a specific reason that reason is still in place i mean your circumstances haven't changed and can i say something to all birth moms or at least anybody that's considering adoption Adoption is a beautiful thing. When it's done correctly, it's beautiful because you have actually an addition to your family. And that's the most amazing thing is you go from feeling alone with a baby where you're not sure you can really give the baby what the baby needs. And then you you find this couple who's just longs to have a baby so much. All they would do, they would give anything anything in the world to have a baby and you give them the thing that they've wanted for so long and you have this connection, this beautiful connection. And so I don't ever want to say anything bad about adoption. If it's done correctly, it is beautiful, but you have to make sure you're ready. You have to brace yourself for what's to come because the hormones will take control. It is going to hurt so bad to be apart from your child because all you want is to be close to breastfeed to nurture that child to wake up to that child crying and and put that baby back to sleep and all that that's natural to have that and it motherhood is also a very beautiful thing in that sense to have those feelings for another human being that is a part of you and that's so dependent but at the same time it's always better to be able to give your child what they need, even if you're not able to give it, specifically somebody else out there is able and willing to do it. Yeah, I agree with you. You're absolutely Ron, right. Ron, you have something to add? Yeah, I just uh, want to reinforce what she's saying. It, adoption is a beautiful thing. And ideally what we want is an experience that's mutually beneficial to all three sides of the adoption triad you know the birth mother the adoptive child as well as the adoptive parents so our hearts are with you okay Nassim? thank you and i do want to keep reaching out to people by the way and i want people to know they're not alone they'll never be alone and let's do this let's check back in with you in a couple weeks and see how you're doing okay all sounds right. great okay all right thank you so much for joining us Thank you. You guys are awesome. Thank you for putting it out there for people about adoption, the good with the bad, because in the end, you have to take everything. 
Thank you so much, Nassim, for reaching out to us and sharing the story of your adoption journey with us. If you're listening and you're dealing with an unplanned pregnancy and want more information about adoption, Building Arizona Families is a local Arizona adoption agency and available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. That's 623-695-4112. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or just give you more information. You can also find out more information about Building Arizona Families on their website at azpregnancyhelp.com. We now have a website for this podcast at birthmothermatterspodcast.com. Thanks go out as always to Grapes for allowing us to use their song I Don't Know as our theme song. And we also want to thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption, written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to us. We'd really appreciate it. And tune in next time to Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Raines.